Uh, I want to preach to you today about our life being wrapped and hid in Christ. We've been talking about this uh, for a few days. Uh, last week, we were able to preach uh, online from our home through, a, I think they call it a Zoom meeting, and then it was rebroadcast throughout seven nations uh, in, um, in, in South America, Latin America, and Central America. Seven nations, uh, this um, broadcast went out. And uh, our interviewer, Pastor Juan Carlos, he said, just go ahead and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I was, I just had it on my heart, this message that I'm preaching today is about being, our life being wrapped and hid in Christ. And so I want, I wanted to, uh, to just look at what the scripture says about that. You know, if you're, if you're inside something, this is why, um, Brother Hagan used to, ha- well, he still does, he still does, I mean, the ministry does, has his book out, little mini book called In Him. Now, if you've never got a copy of In Him, you need to get one, and you need to get like two or three of them and carry, put one in your purse or your, <laughs> your toolbox or wherever, Put one in your glove box, put one, you know, keep one with your Bible, and mark those scriptures from the In Him book. And, of course, now you could probably Google that and look up some of those things online. But every time the Bible talks about in whom, by whom, in Him, in whom, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a picture of who you are now that Christ has come into your life. Amen? So we are in Christ. We're not, uh, we're not, we don't think like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't process like the world. We don't live like the world. And, uh, we, we just have a whole different program that we're on because we are not citizens of this particular realm. We're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of the unseen realm. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we just thank God for, we thank God for that fact that we're, that our life is wrapped and hid in Christ. And, uh, so we were talking about that on this seven nation broadcast the other day. And, um, I, I used the illustration. It just kind of came to me out of the blue. It's like, Getting inside uh, a vehicle, let's say you've got to drive through a storm, and maybe you're out in the boonies somewhere, and you got to drive through a horrible uh, thunderstorm. Any anybody ever done that? Have to drive through the night in a bad storm, and but as long as you stay in the vehicle, you're you're safe. You won't get wet. You won't get struck by lightning. You won't fall in a ditch. You know you won't you won't be in trouble as long as you stay inside the vehicle. And uh, so there's a relative uh, degree of safety by being inside that vehicle. Uh, I had a car one time and it was just, it came standard with this particular car. Uh, the, the particular years that they manufactured this automobile, it had bulletproof glass. Now, what, why, what that ever says about, I don't know, but anyway. Uh, 
bulletproof glass. Uh, when I sold it, a friend of mine said, I wish you'd have sold me that car. I needed that to go collect rent up in a certain part of town, you know. Because <laughs> I collect the rent, then they want to shoot me. But, uh, <laughs> but he said, uh, anyway, uh, so that provided some relative degree of a sense of safety. It had Kevlar between the two panes of glass, you know. So if somebody shot at you, I guess it would just uh, bounce off. I don't know what it does. But uh, like a bulletproof vest. But in other words, as long as you stay inside the car, you're gonna, or the, or the SUV or whatever you're driving, you're gonna be, you're gonna be safe, and you're gonna be protected, and you're gonna stay high and dry, as they say. And um, so I like to think of that of being in Christ. We are hid from the devil, from curses and plagues, and you know you sometimes have to enforce that. Now it's not gonna just fall on you, like. You know, because it, because it's true, it's not going to just fall on you. You know, it's like having money in the bank. You never write a check off of that account, or you never use a debit card or some way to 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 tap into that. You could starve to death and have three million dollars in the bank. You know, right? I mean, there's stories of people that they have found. There was some guy that they found years ago that. He, they, they pulled him out of the ditch in uh, New Haven, uh, uh, Connecticut, and he had been, um, he had been, a. uh, they, 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 they found some ID on him. They ran, you know, some information. He was a graduate of Yale University and, uh, and had like a, a doctorate or something, uh, probably the psychology department, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but he, anyway, he was, he was in, either that or education, but anyway, he they found him in the ditch and uh, pulled him out, and uh, and they thought, well, he looks like you know a guy that was just down on his luck, and you know maybe just a, maybe an alcoholic or or a drug addict or whatever, and um, uh, ran all the information, and found out he had like seven million dollars in the bank, and. Uh, his apartment was like a place of squalor. I mean, it had trash in the corner and rats and that, that kind of thing. And, and it was just, you know, it's probably a picture of mental illness of some, of some, in some way. But the point is, is that people would say, oh, look, the poor guy, he's homeless. He died in the street. But it was because he didn't tap into what he had. And there was no reason for him to live that way. There was no reason. And it doesn't make any sense. But you see, that's the way Christians are oftentimes. Folks, we live beneath our privilege. We live beneath our blessings so often that we're suffering or bumping along or making do when we could do better because of what Christ has done for us and what we have available to us. And so there is a thing of when the plague comes and the, the problems come, it's, it's a blessing it's a it's a joy to think of yourself being exempted from the problem because we are, our life is wrapped and hid in him amen so let's read scripture here before um, we run out of time colossians 1 1 if you then be risen with christ seek those things which are above 
In other words, get your nose out of CNN and Fox and MSNBC or whatever you're watching. Get your nose out of the TV. That's why there's a switch on it. You can turn it off. And when you start feeling yourself getting overloaded on bad news, it's time to turn it off. If they're creating any sense of anxiety, any sense of fear, any sense of frustration, it's time to turn it off. And, um, and, and set, um, set your affection or your attention, because whatever you Whatever you love is where you'll put your attention. So set your love or your affection or your attention on things above, not on things on the earth. We just sometimes got to get our nose out of the dirt and look up. Praise God and get get a higher thought now. Come on. A higher thought. There's a higher thought than everybody's going to get sick and die. There's a higher thought than the economy's going under. There's a higher thought than uh, there's going to be chaos and disruption. Praise God. And I'd rather think the higher thought. Folks, Jesus is still Lord. God is still on the throne. We're still partakers of the divine nature. Nothing's changed. Well, you don't watch the news enough. You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, somebody might say. Well, that's not true. You know, that's a bad, that's a bad, um, confession anyway, when you think about it. The more heavenly minded you get, the more earthly good you can do, I think. You know, that's a bad, that's a bad confession, isn't it? Um, you know, and a lot of, Faith preachers, pastors used to say that a lot. I think it's because the folks would like try to float around and do nothing, but, you know, but that's really not heavenly minded. Heavenly minded means like Jesus said, I must do the works of my father while it's still day. And so we will develop that same spirit as I must do the works of Christ. I must do it. So I don't like that. I just decided I don't like that. So heavenly minded, you know, the more, the more heavenly minded you really become, the more earthly good you can do. For you are dead, you are dead, so thank God we're already dead, we can't die anymore. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now he's talking about spiritually dead. We've died, but we've risen again with him. Amen. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Amen. He says, should we keep reading? There's another good verse there. Mortify, therefore. Mortify means kill. Kill off. Mortify. Therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, um, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
for which things, now this is the Apostle Paul, Dr. Grace and Righteousness, he would probably get voted out of the Grace Conference for saying this, what he said here. <laughs> Can you imagine? The Apostle Paul Grace Conference, but please, Paul, don't mention this part. He says, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Wow. Well, we'll just leave that right there. I've let the oxygen return to the room. Uh, look at this, though. Because Paul's assuming that once you're saved, you should be producing a different kind of fruit. In the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. In other words, you're not living like that anymore. So if you find a Christian living like that, and they blame it on grace, they're full of beans. You can't blame lascivious lifestyle on grace. Grace does not lead you down the primrose path to destruction. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, and the Lord's not going to order you into the brothel. He's not going to order you into the, right, into the uh, drug den, opium den or someplace. That dates me, doesn't it? Opium den. That's the same thing. Or into the, you know, into a, a drunken brawl, is he? Preach, pastor. But now, see, so now we're talking about now. But now you also need to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Uh, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the odd, the old man with his deeds. And have, have all, this is all past tense. It's supposed to be happening when you're born again. So a person that, that is not walking in this, you wonder if they're really saved. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, therefore you can't give the Jews a, a an Abrahamic pass. Circumcision and uncircumcision. Barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Alright, so I want you to see there is a place of holiness. There is a place of righteousness. There is a place of peace and healing and, and prosperity and goodness. There is a place and it's, it's in Christ wrapped and hid in Him. And you're, you're, you're saved and free from all that. I'd just rather stay there. How about you? Have you ever kind of rushed, you've been driving to your home and, you know, your, your home is a place of refuge. And uh, have you ever been driving and, you know, you're almost home and a storm's coming in a dark cloud and it looks like it's hanging right over the, the city and, uh, every, and then, you know, the wind starts blowing and a few drops on the windshield and you, and you just rush to, to, to get home 
get your car under the carport or in the garage, get inside the house and ready to ride out the storm. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. It's a blessing to get, you slip that car in the garage and if you have a automatic door, you hit the button and it closes behind you and you hear the rumble and you know, whatever, but you feel safe. You're not going to get struck with lightning. You're not going to have, you know what I mean? You're not going to get, get some problem happen to you. Cause, cause I'm home. Thank God I'm home during all this and not, you know, out and about or <laughs> someplace where, where you're vulnerable. Well, there's a place spiritually that we can stay and live and not be vulnerable. Can you say amen? I hope this encourages you. Psalm 91 now talks about this, doesn't it? Anyway, I, I do want to make mention uh, of that rest of that verse there. It, it is interesting that it's that it's Paul talking. Paul said, "Say, well, that sounds awfully condemning to me." It's not condemning. Uh, Paul didn't say, "I condemn you for this." He's just saying that if you're in Christ, this is how your life should look. And Scar- Pastor Scarlet and I, we've talked at length about people that we know that's been in and out of our lives that disqualified themselves on all those points. Right? You ever met anybody that disqualified, you know, and you just think, well, my goodness, how, how, how can they even call themselves Christians? Well, you know, it looks like this. Somebody said, well, they're in, they're in church. Well, sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. You know, just because you're tucked inside somewhere doesn't, doesn't mean that you've got all those, all those attributes. So there has to be a heart change. And salvation, real salvation, causes all that to happen. You don't have to work in, in, and, you know, a person that's sweating it out and working to be righteous, uh, you wonder what's really going on. Do they really understand the gospel? Have they really been redeemed? Have they really been translated from the kingdom of darkness to his dear son? Because it's not a struggle to, to serve the Lord. Well, some of us grew up in certain denominations and groups that told us it was a struggle all the time. It's hard old road serving the Lord and It'll get, sometimes the road gets rocky up the narrow way. You know, it's like you picture some guy in Colorado up at the side of the, 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 the steep mountain, you know, with a rope and barely making it, you know. And that was the image of serving God was it's a hard way and the devil, he'll tempt you and he knows your weakness and he'll, you know, and, and so you lived in fear of missing it, and then when you did miss it, you lived in fear of getting judged for missing it, and then you wondered, you know, then you got quoted, well, there will come a time when God won't strive with man, and, you know, and, and, and you know, his grace can run out. Uh, you know, one preacher that we know who we appreciate, but 
got up in a meeting and said that uh, it was a, a, a woman preacher. She got up and said that God got so mad at her one time he wouldn't speak to her for a week and a half. Supposed to be word of faith. Uh, it's word of something. I don't know. I don't know about faith. It's not too too exciting there. Kind of word of, I don't know what the word is. Maybe not one that you should say as a believer. You know, it's a word of something. Something bad. But uh, that's not the gospel. But serving God is not the if it's the hard old way, you know, you you got a hold of the wrong dose of something. You know, you're you're going to break out in hives next. You're allergic to that. I'm telling you, you need to you need to to get a hold of the real deal. Because serving the Lord is is should be resting in His finished work. And so, a guy that's wringing his hands and is always, you know. Uh, uh, concerned he's gonna miss it, and I'm so tempted by this, and I'm tempted by that, and y'all please pray. And then when we've prayed for him 19 times, we, then we send him to the deliverance room, and they try to get him to cough up a loogie in a bucket, and then, you know, uh, you know, and that's, the, you know, I knew one guy that whatever people coughed up, he put in a special, uh, box, and then they stored it like, uh, that movie Ghostbusters, you know had a vault to, to put the demon in the box and keep the, the boxes locked up. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you know, Hollywood wishes that had the script for that one. I mean, just like, you know, cra- cra- crazy. I've always said if you're in a meeting like that and they get weird, don't drink the Kool-Aid at the end of the service. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm, 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 the Lord told me not to drink Kool-Aid anymore. Um, but I, I'm just telling you <laughs> that um, that hard old way. I'm so tempted, and and uh, you know, and you know, you know they'll um, you know teach you how to count to ten so you don't sin and have the wrong thought and all that stuff. It's born from somebody that doesn't know who they are in Christ. Unfortunately, they have a microphone and a printing press. But doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, like I said, everything in a Christian bookstore is not the gospel. And just because it's in there doesn't make it holy material. It could be unholy. There's toxic materials in there too. It's like going to Walmart. You don't drink everything that's on the on the on the shelf. You know, they might have orange juice and and cranberry juice, but they also have Clorox. So you don't say, well, everything in here is good to drink. No, it's not. You know, some of it will kill you. And it's like going into a Christian bookstore. Oh, this is so wonderful. Everything in here is a blessing. No, it's not. Some of it's not a blessing, and some of it will talk you out of your faith and kill you. You have to know the Word and know what you're reading. Amen. Well, I know that sister that wrote that, and she's a good sister. Well, I'm sure she is. But, you know, you just got to... Praise God, you know, you've got you to follow the word. So I don't know what else to say. I know that just sounds like a cliche and a beat a dead horse, but, you know, really, you need to, you need to, to know the word. And you won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. 
We don't need to be doctrinal junkies, like, you know, if it, oh, any doctrine will do. Well, that's an interesting viewpoint. No, it's not interesting. It's, it's, it's devilish if it doesn't agree with the, with the Word of God. Alright, Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall go through the same tribulations and trials that everybody else does because we're all in this together. Is that what it says? Now I'll tell you the, something about the nation of Israel that I appreciate and the Jews. They never have ever said we're all in this together. <laughs> they have always exempted themselves from everything. And they said, this isn't, this, we will not be broke, we will not be whatever, because that is not what our nation is called to. They absolutely, from little children up, have, have a, a sense about them being God's chosen people, and sometimes it gets on everybody else's nerves, but they believe it. They believe they're supposed to be successful. They believe they're supposed to be wealthy. And here we are, yeah, we don't believe like that. We're Christians and we're humble. You know, but, but, but if we would read what, uh, what Abraham's blessings are, then we would believe the same thing. So, you know, they don't, they're, they're not, the, the nation of Israel could never be socialist because they don't believe that everybody should be equal exactly the same. And we're all just in this together. They don't believe that. And so, you know, it's a good thing if we didn't believe it either. Cause I'm not gonna join, I'm not gonna join the world. I don't wanna be judged with the world. And I don't wanna sit with the world. You understand? Man, we're all in this together. No, we're not. These people are killing babies. You understand? They're doing all manner of evil. Uh, just, just, I won't even mention all the horror, horrors, because the, the, the air in here is too holy to hear it. I don't even want to mention it. That's bad enough, what I just said. But you know, uh, so the world is like, yeah, you know, and that's the mantra. That's the, that's the message today. One world government, one world religion, one world health, one world wealth, everybody the same. One world, we're all in this together. This is the mantra. Even Publix is saying it. And I'm telling you, we're not all in this together. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're exempt. Why? Because our life is wrapped and hid in Christ. Can you say amen? Preach, pastor. We just got an overflow crowd here today. Nowhere to sit. We've taken social distancing to an extreme. We want everybody in this sanctuary to sit 50 feet apart. Okay. It's working. It's working. All right. Praise God. He that that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We live under His shadow. For the enemy to get to us, he's got to go through God. Now, if you want to make a bird mad, because you know, we're talking about the wings, so you kind of get the picture of a bird. 
a big eagle or something. Can you imagine trying to stick your hand in any kind of a bird nest where the mother bird is there, she's got her wings over her little chickadees, and you're going to stick your big fat hand in there and pull out one of those baby birds and do something to it? You're going to have your eyes pecked out. And, you know, and rightfully so. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've seen, I've, I've been walking along like a dodo somewhere, and all of a sudden some bird is like, like flapping its wings in your face and squawking at you, and you look up and here's the nest, and you're too close to the nest. And that mother bird will fight for her babies. And she'll, she'll almost sacrifice herself to protect those babies. Well, this is the analogy we have in the Word of God. Praise God. He's, we're dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty under His wing. And it says that here in a minute. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. What are you doing to protect yourself? I'm saying of the Lord, (laughs) He is my refuge and my fortress. Now that doesn't mean, you know, we've talked about this, that doesn't mean we don't social distance uh, when, when when necessary. It doesn't mean we don't wash our hands. It doesn't mean we don't, I mean, we, we followed everything here. From the beginning. But that's not where our safety comes from. Our safety is not in social distancing and washing our hands. We believe in it. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to wear a, do something else, do, do what makes you feel comfortable. Praise God. And, And there's no right way or wrong way to do it. Okay. But. As far as our faith, I, I don't know if I want to put my faith in hand sanitizer, especially the one, the, the, the old stuff that's imported from China. I don't know. Something about that just seems a little strange. I will say of the Lord, I, I will say, I will, I will. In other words, it's an act of my will. I might not feel like saying it. It might not, you know, fire up all the spark plugs in my soul or whatever. But I'm going to, as an act of my will, I'm going to say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. I'm trusting the Lord. People ask us, you know, when we were buying this building, and uh, we had no money, none, none, not. I didn't have a thin dime. And we didn't have. We didn't even have a building fund. You know, it wasn't like there was thirty thousand dollars somewhere or whatever to start with or something. We had zero. And sometimes folks would ask me in the early days of that campaign, which only lasted a hundred, a hundred and fourteen days. What? You gonna do about buying the building, brother David? And I said, I, my trust is in God. In Him will I trust. We're trusting God. Now, you know, that almost sounds like a cliche, but I'm telling you there's power in it. I'm gonna pay off my house, or I'm gonna pay off my car, or I'm gonna pay off 
whatever. I'm going to, you know, be protected. Why? Because in Him I'm trusting. You think He can be trusted, really? You think He can re? I mean, you know, we worship Him and sing songs about it. But can you really trust Him? I'm telling you, you can really trust Him. And if you can't trust Him, boy, that's just kind of a sad deal, isn't it? How many believe God's not a liar? How many believe God does what He said? Will do what He said? How many know you don't have to twist his arm and make him cry uncle? I never knew why you had to cry uncle. I'd almost have mine twisted off before I'd cry uncle. You can't make me say it. Because he was usually your uncle that was doing it to you. That's why. Come here, you little punk. All right. Surely. Surely. That's not, you know, somebody's wife, surely. Surely. (laughs) He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Surely. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. All right? Praise God forevermore. It goes on and on. Of course, you know Psalm 91, what the great um, inspiration it is. But I wanted to particularly just focus today on being under his wing and being hid in him and being protected. Hallelujah. So really you could have the attitude, again, I'm not talking about doing something foolish, but you could have the attitude in your heart and your soul and it'll, it'll do a, it'll go a great distance in eradicating fear in your life is to say, you know, I cannot go under on this thing because I'm hiding from it. We don't look like you're hiding from it. You're walking around, you're outside, you're driving your car. Yeah, but I'm hiding spiritually. I'm hiding. You know, we used to sing the old song, Rock of Ages, a cleft for me. It's not clefting for you. It's not like a verb. It's a noun. Rock of Ages, a cleft for me. In other words, there's a, there's an indention in that stone that you can hide. You ever chased a lizard and all of a sudden he's in a crack somewhere and he's hiding and he becomes the color of the crack, whatever that is. <laughs> but, um, cause Blanche chases all the lizards. She feels that it's her duty. To run them off the pool deck, you know. And Lucy has retired and given Blanche the baton because she does, she's sick of them. But I've watched those crazy lizards. They're pretty brave little dudes. Those lizards will run and get into a crack in between the screen and the frame or somewhere where, where, where they're hiding. They found a hiding place, saving their life. 
from a monster bulldog face. But rock of ages, a cleft for me, let me hide, let, let me hide myself in thee, you know? I can hide in that place. You know? What's the next part say? That the water and the blood from thy wound is, see, it's all about going back to Christ and being in Him. And then the next part says, what is the next? Be of sin the double cure. Amen. Save from its guilt and power. Hallelujah. See, we're saved. Not the labors. See, somebody understood grace here writing this song. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. I can't do it. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? See, in other words, just being sorry for your sin and all that. All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. So, if I get in Christ and get in that place of rest and and His finished work, I'm safe. Because I'm already dead. I don't think they're spraying for COVID at the cemetery. What are you doing? We're saving lives. No, no, you're certifiable. You've been sniffing too much of this. Because there's nobody out there that's at risk. Did you know everybody in the cemetery is no longer, they're not at risk of dying from COVID. (laughs) They are safe. Why? Because they're dead. So spiritually, if we're dead from our sin, but alive unto God, we are also safe. Praise the Lord. Well, again, that doesn't mean you don't wash your hands or, you know, pray over your food or whatever. Somebody's coughing and sweating on the bus. Don't just sit up next to them, you know. Trying to prove how much faith you have. You you know, you might just be an idiot. I don't know. So there is common sense. God does respect that, I think. And... uh but we need we need to we need to um, yes practice those things, but at the same time not have trust in it. I don't trust any of that. They're probably going to come out and say that hand sanitizer spread it further or something. Who knows? Come on. We all thought we were going to die from eating butter and ate margarine for 25 years, and then we found out that was wrong. Go back to butter; margarine will kill you. So, I, you know, it's like, please, you know, we, we follow what we think is the conventional wisdom, but then at the end of the day, our trust is in Christ and in Him. Yes. Can you say amen, amen, amen? Yes. All right, praise God. Well, let's pray and then you can be dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word today. We thank you that those that are here in the sanctuary will, will sense your presence, sense your touch. Those that are watching uh, by internet, Lord, that you bless and touch them as well. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.